We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's do this. Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here, feeling fresh at 30 years old. First podcast as a as a thirty year old. Um, it feels nice. It feels nice, Dre. You know, I'm trying to get some of that old man to rub off on me. The beard hasn't gone gray like yours, though. Yeah, man. It took me a while. Uh, <laughs> some of the, you know, some of my boys had gray in their beard a little bit earlier than me, and, and like this past year, it was like gray was like fuck it, let's play. And I was like, damn, man. At first, I was trying to pluck them, and then they just said, nah, man, we outnumber you. 
And it's, uh, it's not crazy gray, but now it's, it's visible. So you got you might have a little way to go. I just know some of my boys had gray and they beard like 30, like 31. Well, usually, usually it happens with children. So um, I think that's what happened, man. I had my fucking daughter and she ruined my life. <laughs> I'm approaching the, the teenage years. So uh, girl, teenage years, it's, it's about to be rough. Even though she just sent me a report card yesterday, straight A's again. So she hasn't gotten a B since like second grade. She's now in middle school. So I, I get a little less to worry about than most, but I got to beat these boys off with a stick. So she's just going to have me catching Spirit Airline flights because they're mad cheap to Kansas City to Ric Flair <laughs> chop little boys. Uh, I got a long way to go for that, man. I got a long way to go. I'm telling got, you, man. I, I don't know how many years I got, but yeah, that's the one thing I'm not looking forward to with my daughter. Oh, no. And then now she's like the super big mark. So she called me for my WWE password. She has my new Japan password now. She watches NXT every week, SmackDown, Raw, all that. So it's nice. like dance practice, school, wrestling. It's all she does. And I was like, yo, I have a clone. Yeah, like, I don't that's... know how I did that. Yeah, but nah, man, I know. Listen, we like pro wrestling. I know the type of people we are and how we were growing up. That shit ain't gonna fool me. Be like, <laughs> oh, no. No, he's just my guy friend. He's coming over to watch wrestling. Nope. Creeps like wrestling. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah uh, that's true. Yeah, no, it's no longer for nerds, so she ain't pulling that on me. Um, but like I said, it's 30. It feels good to be 30. I wanted to start it off real quick, firing off some Fuego takes to start oh, off. So now that I'm 30, I woke up with this realization, Dre. One, Frankie Edgar still does not do it for me. Ah, <laughs> as good as he is, either he makes the fight too easy and it appears boring or... He loses to very top-level competition in actually decent fights, but he can't get over the hump. Both do not do it for me. Either be great, my man, or be wildly entertaining and get knocked out, or knock them out. I don't like a bunch of decisions dominating and then just falling short. So, Frankie Edgar does not do it for me still. I will say this. Hot take number one for 30 years old, and it's not a goddamn Mikel moment. Ricochet will be the next black WWE champion. Not Big E. Mm, um, yeah. You might be talking about some 205 Live right now. Um, no, like main roster, universal title, or heavyweight <laughs> title. Ricochet will be champion before uh, Big E. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, they probably neither of them will probably get there at this rate. But uh, I feel like Big E's got a better chance at holding some type of goal before Ricochet, man. Uh, I think we'll he talk gets like an IC title or US title soon, actually. I think, you know, <laughs> he starts to go on that. I think they did it with Money in the Bank, where it's like New Day can put one person in. If they put Kofi in, we riot. Because I don't need well, him I to just take up a spot and do a spot fest. Big E should be in there. Yeah, I don't think Ricochet will get a title before Big E. I think Ricochet is going to have a hard enough time on the main roster getting there. Um, he's being we'll talk about it, but he's being overshadowed by Velveteen Dream right now. It's a good bad feud for him, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. No, that's a great feud for him. Um, all right, so we have that, and there was something else that I swear that hasn't changed in my mind. Uh, I'll think of it. I'm just firing out hot takes as we go along. But the Frankie Edgar one, I just want to let you know that it still is unchanged. Uh, the new J Cole album has me feeling much like To Pimp a Butterfly does. Has no replay value. Uh, good album though. But I was telling someone the other day, I was like, no replay value. So I don't like to pimp a butterfly. And they looked at me like, <gasps> yep. 
Yep, I'm used to this shit, so sorry. <laughs> so Whoever's that, listening to this, yeah, that, sorry. That this hot take is, from. yo, that hot take's almost three years in the bag. And it yeah. still, still reigns true. Big Mac nope. is still crushing me over that shit. A lot of people are crushing you over that, but all right. The replay value is not there. I haven't listened to that album in two and a half years. And outside of you, I don't know anyone else who has. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll put that out to the, the listeners. If you're listening to Pimpin' Butterfly, if you've listened to it in 2018, let us know in, in our, uh, on social media. Yeah, I think they listen to Damn more than that. Um, all right, so those are my hot takes for right now. I have more in the dome. They just have to fly out. But I promise you, at 30, they are not going to stop. Talking about that, Dre, you are the king of Twitter beef right now because you're taking on everyone and their hot takes. How does this always happen? First, Glasses Malone. Now, stat guy Greg, <laughs> everyone just comes at you with the hot takes, and you hop in, and you get Wonder Woman lassoed into these conversations. Yeah, I don't know, man. I try to stay out of one. It's like, you know, a lot of people that hold, um, the one with glasses, like me and glasses always have some shit about boxing. Um, and I think it started with glasses when he first said that Mayweather's like the greatest fighter of all time. And it just kind of snowballed from there. And his <laughs> most recent one about Adrian Broner being like better, or having a better resume than Gennady Golovkin, um... And being like Broner being good is fucking ridiculous. And yeah, I don't, I don't care. He's a he's a four time world champion. Like if you fought four trash cans and got some trash titles, I mean, dog, it, he's he's probably one of the worst four four division world champions we've ever seen. And uh, but yeah, I get roped into this bullshit. And with Greg, that's y'all fault. Somebody who was it Marcus pointed out, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we'll talk about later. That Seth Rollins has top three potential. I'm not saying necessarily that he doesn't but when my comparison is when grant hill got in the league people were comparing him to jordan anthony hardaway got in the league people were comparing him to magic i'm always one to temper your expectations let a motherfucker get in the top 15 before you start talking top three that's that's savage that's HBK. he's not top three on the earth right now that and that's my point it's like yo if he continues like look if penny hardaway continued what he did after his first two years in the league before he got hurt he could have been Top 20, 30, maybe that's still a reach. That's even a reach. But when you talk about top three, yeah, I got to say something. Especially Stat Guy Greg, because he's on cheap heat on ESPN. So I got to call him out on that shit. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Greg Greg is the homie. Me and Greg, we have side uh, text conversations. This is no real beef. But, man, I got to call them th- things how I see. And we'll talk about Seth Rollins' his potential a little bit later as well. But I, I can't help myself, man. Like, I- I'm not one to back down from an argument, and shit happens. Yeah, let's start with the first one you had, Lomachenko, number one pound for pound. And to me, and once again, Glasses jumped in my DMs after that fight. And we had a conversation. We were talking about it. And um, to me, this fight only solidifies his spot more if you have him at number one. Wherever you had him, he does not regress off of this latest fight. It only boosts him. And if you... You guys are listening. You didn't watch the fight. Go back, watch the Lomachenko fight. It was great. He got knocked down by a heavier boxer. He goes up and wait. Challenges for his third title, as far as divisions are concerned. And it looks good early, technical early. Gets knocked down. I believe it was like sixth round. Gets knocked down. Um, Gets his bearings about him. Stops the fight in the 10th with a crazy liver shot. Something he was setting up all fight, though. And as the smaller man, to still have power as you transition upwards, that's impressive. Being able to take a punch from a heavier fighter is impressive. I think this now pushes him into number one category. He showed me more in this fight than Terrence Crawford has shown me in any fight. So why not be number one? 
okay, so there's like it's funny that you say that because I just wrote this piece for Boxing Scene that'll be up tomorrow about uh, Lomachenko and the number one pound for pound. Is there any doubt? Well, there, of course, there's always going to be doubt because the the top three guys for that number one pound for pound slot are, are Bud Crawford and Gennady Golovkin to go along with Lomachenko. Um, my thing with the Linares fight, Linares is not that good. He's not a bad fighter at all. But he's lost to three fighters he should have never lost to. Antonio DeMarco broke his nose, well, cut his nose really bad, I believe, in the 10th or 11th round, and they got the fight stopped. The other two fights that he got lost by knockout were in the first round and the second round, which means he's susceptible to getting knocked out. Shit happens. Um, and he's, not, he, he's not like a world beater. But Lenares is good. He never really reached his potential. My, my thing is this. If you, if, if, Lomachenko's number one if you already had him there. So this fight isn't a fight, to me, that should push him up or down. It doesn't push him down at all. But I don't necessarily think it pushes him up any higher. Um, but it solidifies where he's at. So if you have him at number three, then chances are this fight probably didn't do it for you to push him to number one. But if you already had him at number one, he should be number one. The bigger argument is this. Lomachenko in 12 fights, because this is, this is where it started with a lot of people. They were like, yo... Crawford's ran the, you know, things for dirty fights and, and Gennady and, and you know, y'all know I love Gennady Golovkin. But my problem is we have this thing about beating up on tomato cans and these flashy records that mean a reign of dominance. It's not the fucking same thing. You don't need to have 40 tomato. If you're 40 or no, it doesn't make you the greatest boxer. And Golovkin, yeah, he ruled the middleweight division with an iron fist, but it was hard for him to get fights. It was hard for him to fight elite competition. Bud Crawford's in a similar situation right now. So if you look at Bud Crawford's best wins, which is Victor Postal and Yoriokas Gamboa are his two biggest wins. Uh, you look at Golovkin, his two biggest wins, um, I mean, Daniel Jacobs, of course, and it should have been Canelo. That and Canelo. Been. Yo, I saw it with my two eyes. That's a win. <laughs> like, he got robbed. Yeah. That, that should have been, you know, those should be his two signature victories. Lomachenko, um, you could pick out of a hat because now it's Nicholas Walters Guillermo Rigondeaux, um, this fight against Linares, uh, Gary Russell Jr., who's fighting this weekend. And you pick those names, but these are all top guys. Um, there's always an argument, though. Rigondeaux was too small. Linares wasn't that good. We don't know if, uh, if Gary Russell Jr. is going to reach the potential that we all thought. Um, there's always an argument. But I, to, in my personal opinion, Lomachenko's look better than Bud and Golovkin in his biggest moments. So... Golovkin, yeah, the fight with Canelo was a tough fight. You know, like some guy was on Twitter um, was like, stop listening to your podcast if you said that Golovkin would stop Canelo. And he pulled a tweet out from 2016. Mind you, the fucking fight happened a year later. Right? Canelo got better. Um, I thought he was going to stop him too, though. What's wrong with that? Like, it's legit. He hit him with everything in his mom. Honestly, what we know now, if you want to believe tainted meat, you believe tainted meat. But the guy could have been on something that helps you a lot to take those punches. I mean, whatever it is, you can't be right about fucking everything, right? So if I'm wrong about somebody not getting stopped, it doesn't mean that I don't know my boxing. Point being is that Golovkin did look good, but he had a challenge with Canelo. Lomachenko hasn't really been challenged in the ring. He got dropped by Linares. It was a flash knockdown. But then Lomachenko ransacked him for the rest of the fight. He made Walters quit in a virtual shutout. He watched Guillermo Rigondeaux, which is ranked higher than anybody that Gennady Golovkin and Bud Crawford have fought in their career. Say what you want about the two weight classes. I agree that he was small, but but Rigondeaux was ranked as high as number five pound for pound and didn't fucking pinch Lomachenko. So I, I it's, my argument is like right now Lomachenko's the one pound for pound fighter in the world. 
I, it's very close to splitting hairs with Bud and splitting hairs with Golovkin. If Golovkin washes Canelo, then he's number one pound for pound. They're like a fight apart. Mikey Garcia, Eric Spence, they're a little bit, a little ways back. But um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Lomachenko and I'm like, yo, who who can beat this guy? Who can beat him? People saying Tank Davis, he ain't ready for that smoke. No, Tank ain't ready, which is no. crazy. Don't don't rush Tank just because nah, you want to see the guy get a fight with someone. Um, if he really wants to test himself, Mikey Garcia at 140 is the biggest reach he can take. That's an obstacle he shouldn't be able to conquer. It's, it's a tough fight. Mikey's really good. Mikey's um, really good. He's really big. Lomachenko looked tiny against Linares. Yeah, and, I mean, he was outweighed by, like, what, 12 pounds on fight night, at yeah, least. Was, he just, he can't get any bigger. His body just won't do it. So you're just gonna, you're gonna be like Floyd eventually, where you're just like, yo, I'm just small. Like, whatever. But... It's a difference in Floyd just being able to not be hit. Now, point these really big guys or bigger guys than him and Lomachenko where he has to be offensive all fight, and then he gets caught. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, man. I mean, just look at his style. Lomachenko's footwork is unlike almost anything I've seen in recent memory in boxing. Floyd's defensive style is bar none in the past 20 years the best in the sport. Uh, Pernell Sweet P. Whitaker is right behind that. Uh, but when it comes to footwork and never being out of position to throw, throw a punch, and I know Floyd Mayweather does this well, but Lomachenko with that plus the pinpoint accuracy, it's phenomenal. I just I, the, the way he moves, the things that he does, the way he sets up his punches, it's, you know, I mean, there's Floyd with the, with the straight right, which is unbe- an unbelievable punch and with great accuracy. But like, Lomachenko can do this shit from everywhere. So the only thing standing in the way of a Garcia fight, obviously, is Garcia's negotiating position. Because top rank clearly doesn't like Mike, Mikey Garcia. Aaron doesn't necessarily want to do business with him. Um, but that's the fight that needs to be made. Lomachenko's here. He's not here to waste anybody's time. He's here to collect belts, win the big fight, and make history. He's not going to be babied along. He's not going to wait, what, 34 fights like Deontay Wilder did before he got a world title shot by beating up a bunch of tomato cans. He is here to win now. And he's doing this shit, and he's doing it impressively. Uh, he's probably going to fight Ray Beltran this summer. That's what they're looking at um, to collect another belt. And then maybe we'll see a Mikey Garcia fight. But I just don't see how you can keep Lomachenko out of the top three. If you want to put Golovkin or Crawford above him, fine. There's legit argument there. But I don't. how can you not keep him in your top three? Because he has 12 fights? Fuck that. Fuck how many fights. Yeah, because like his amateur record is redonkulous. Yeah, like, I mean, and exactly. He's done. He's accomplished so much. As an amateur, and it translated directly into the pro ranks. He has a loss, but it was a highly disputed loss against a guy who, who didn't give a fuck about weight in Orlando Salido, who low blowed him the entire fight. And still, a lot of people thought Lomachenko won that fight. So he lost the fight in his second professional fight for a world title. But, yo, know, what? I mean, he's willing to fight anybody. Not to say that Bud and Golovkin aren't, um, but I feel like Bob likes Lomachenko more than he likes Bud Crawford right now, for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, man. That, I mean, that, I'm 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 totally fine with Lomachenko being number one pound for pound. There's an argument that he's not cool, but if you keep him out of your top three, I think you're a fucking idiot. Oh yeah, I mean, man, Spence is gonna knock someone out, right? Like he's gonna knock someone out of that spot eventually, sooner yeah, or it's... later. Like he's just he's in a position where the talent around him is going to push him past anyone else because he has better fighters to fight and build his resume. It's a great point. That's a great point, and that's very true. I mean, he could at 147, they have a ton of fighters that he can yeah. compete with. And he's just in the best situation. So if he beats a Thurman, a Garcia, a Kel Brook, a Sean Porter, those four guys on your resume, it's going to push you past everyone else just because they're all in your stable. 
and you can beat up on them. Um, so he's going to jump someone. So maybe Golovkin moves out eventually. The guy's 36, whatever. Because um, he's going to argue. That's hard to say because he has a really tough division now, too. There's a Jacobs yep. rematch. There's the Charlo, one of the Charlo brothers waiting. Um, there's a lot of tough-ass fights for him. 140 is kind of, I guess, the barren wasteland. Uh, Mikey Garcia can always go up to 147, though. So yeah. Lomachenko's kind of stuck. He is. Know, I mean, there's, there's, he's, there's options. The Mikey Garcia fight, obviously, is one. Uh, and if Mikey I mean, doesn't you know, want to go up. Right. There's Obviously, there's Tank Davis hanging around. I mean, if they really want to, you know, send the, the wolves to the slaughter against the fucking lion, oh. go for it. But uh, The Shakur Stevenson kid is going to take him forever. He's still crazy young as well. Yeah, and it's great. We're going to actually get to see him in fight, fight in Vegas because he'll be fighting on the undercard of the Terrence Crawford-Jeff Horn fight. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, it, it's all about who you match up with, and that's the most frustrating thing in boxing because the UFC doesn't necessarily have this problem. They just say, okay, you, you, go fight. Boxing is like a whole lot of negotiation. Oh, he's not ready. Let's build the fight. And I get the business aspect of it, but it hurts, you know, guys like, you know, Bud Crawford because he can't fight anybody Al Heyman stable because Al Heyman doesn't really want to give Bobby or any money in a possible look that he might lose. One of his fighters might lose to Terrence Crawford. So, yeah, I mean, things will get interesting. We'll see if Lomachenko jumps up to 140. There's Regis Pagrias, who is an excellent fighter. He could fight Victor Postal. Um, there are Both options. tough fights, too. Postal's not yeah. an easy fight for him. No, I mean, there's a guy like Sergey Lipnis. You know, I mean, uh, there's, there's a lot. There's Jose Ramirez. Um, there's a lot of guys at 140, but we'll see how much Lomachenko wants to push it because he is small. But right now, he can be number one, and no one should bat an eye at it. No, I don't think, I don't think so. I think you can have a debate about where Lomachenko is. Yeah, but with, I, with Triple G getting the draw, even though it's a bullshit draw, but it's a draw nonetheless. Right. So he didn't win his last fight. So him being at three or two, um, to me, I have no problem with him being one, Lomachenko two, whatever. Uh, Bud Crawford, though, Bud Crawford has to show us something. He ran through everyone at 140. 147, he's getting, what, Jeff Horn. Like, that's still not showing me anything. A guy who lost to Pacquiao, I also saw that, but got gifted the title because it was in Australia. Yeah, I mean, Crawford is in a, posi- <clears throat> he's in a tough position. You know, like, he, he destroyed Victor Postal. He dominated that fight. That showed a lot of people a lot. And you go back to the Eurocus Gamboa fight. We don't really know how good Yoriokis was because he took a lot of time off. He had that issue, with, you know, with when he had 50 Cent as promoter or whatever. Didn't we see that but, here uh, in Vegas? Uh, no. They fought in Nebraska, I want to say. Oh, shit. There was one here. I think I like the Thomas and Mac. I forgot who he fought here. Um, well, shit. I, damn, I can't remember. I know Bud. Yeah, I, I see Bud up. fight a couple times. Um, but I know the postal fight was here in Vegas. But he, Bud is in that spot, man, where it's like, who nobody really wants to fight him. He's not a huge star, um, and he's in a he's in a division that doesn't have a ton of competition at one forty. At one forty seven is a ton of competition, but they're not under the top ranks umbrella. So, and he's just a risky fight. And I don't think they're ever going to feed Pacquiao to him. So, you're kind of in the initial position, which they should have done a long time ago. I've only seen Crawford fight once, oh twice. Prescott, which I don't remember. Greatest Prescott, I remember that fight. I think that was at the Hard Rock. Yeah, and then MGM versus Postal. That's it. I thought he fought here more. Nah, he's had a lot of fights. I mean, you know, two MSG fights. Yeah. yeah, and then the rest in his backyard. That's crazy. 
Yeah, yeah well, it's nice to see them get him out there because, once again, you just can't let a guy be comfortable and fight at home all the time. No, you got to move him around. Yeah, so, no, that's dope. That's one of the, the big debates. This weekend, we have a good fight, actually. Badu Jack versus Stevenson. Um, Adonis Stevenson. Yeah, I don't know what this guy's doing. He's damn near 40. He, he, disappear- 40. he disappears for a long period of time. Um, he has knockout power, but he hasn't fought anyone. Badu Jack has run the gamut of really good fighters lately. Floyd has done him no favors. No, it's this is a. I mean, okay, so with Donna Stevenson is one of the most frustrating recent careers because he, you know, the Kovala fight stared him in his face for years and he never took it. Um, and when he came onto the scene, he blew out Chad Dawson. Uh, that was like the, the coming of Adonis Stevenson. And people were really excited to see what Stevenson could do. And I think he fought Tavoris Cloud directly after that mm-hmm. and watched him. Um, and then people were calling for the Kovalev fight. And it seemed like as much as Kovalev kept calling him out, he didn't seem interested in the fight. So now he's 40. In the past two years, I think he's fought twice. Um, and both were early knockouts. I know the Fonfara fight was uh, in the second round, I believe. And I can't remember who the other fight opponent was off the top of my head. Um, but he's 40. He's got a, that doc- Dynamite left hook, but he's fighting Badu Jack, who looks very comfortable at light heavyweight uh, after moving up from super middleweight. Um, and yeah, you know, he fought James DeGale to a draw in a hell of a fight, a fight of the year candidate. Um, in his last fight, he dominated on the undercard of Mayweather McGregor. And now he's, he's here, and I think he can outwork it down to Stevenson. Um, it, Badu Jack's career is interesting to me because he's a guy who got knocked out. And I believe the first round on the card with him and Jaylee on Love both lost. Yeah, but and, the, yeah, he was sleepwalking in that fight. He yeah. just got caught dirty. But when that happened, a lot of people were quick to write him off because they were like, well, they made with the promotions guys are not going anywhere. Jaylee on Love hasn't really done much since that loss. I know they're in talks to try to get him a Peter Quillen fight, but uh, he hasn't really done much. Badu Jack, on the other hand, has improved tremendously since that loss. He hasn't shied away. And, he's fought the best the division has to offer. Yeah, I mean, he's fought whatever they put in front of him. Uh, Lucian Butte was a fight that, you know, a lot of people thought he wanted to end up, I believe, a majority draw, but got overturned because Butte got caught cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, the DeGale fight, a lot of people thought Badu won that fight. So it's like, he's really good, and Do- Stevenson's time away from the sport could hurt him because at 40, I don't know. It's just that left hand. I'm picking Badu Jack to win this fight by decision. Um, both of them are promising knockouts, but uh, and both of them have been knocked out once in their career. But I think this is going to actually be a pretty good fight. I just Stevenson's a wild card, man. He's forty years old, and he's got a one big punch, and he has he's been inactive, so it's hard for me to pick him. Yeah, he's. I mean, man, the guy has two decisions in the past decade. Yeah, decade two since two thousand and seven. Adonis Stevenson has two decisions, um, so it's hard to pick Badu Jack by decision. Two a year ago, two years ago, I go. Adonis Stevenson, easy. But I'll take Stevenson by a decision, I guess. Maybe some shenanigans. But that's that's just the inner boxing fan in me. Because I want to see Stevenson Kovalev. Like, it's time to cut the bullshit. They're never going to have that fight. I've I been just, wanting I, that fight. We've been Kovalev has called him out so much. I know. Like, if you don't take it now, when are you going to take it? At least Kovalev is lost. Now, you can see that his chin is touchable. Andre Ward did. If you think you got more power than Andre Ward, what's the problem? It's a fight that he doesn't want. I, for whatever reason, politics, whatever it is, I don't understand it. You know, he you're, only like has I so said, many cash ins. Like you, you yeah. only cash out so many more times when you're forty. 
he he squandered in a way he squandered his opportunity when he knocked out Chad Dawson that opened a lot of eyes and it just felt like he was on a path to not superstardom but he looked like he was on a path to be a great light heavyweight and his his time away and then Andre Ward comes in here and washes out uh Kovalev and then he retires so it's like well the opportunity is here but he's got to get past Badu Jack I'm not sure he can do it I, I think it's going to be an interesting fight uh, it'll be who can establish their presence first and then um, we got to see how Adonis Stevenson's conditioning is down the stretch. If Badu Jack can figure out how to stay away from that left hand, he's got a great shot at winning this fight. But who knows, man? It's a really good fight. That's all I know. Yeah, that's crazy. We'll see. Um, it feels like we've had a good run of boxing, though. Yeah, we have. Good fights. Uh, reports came out. Triple G Canelo looking to mix it up again in September. Canelo now says he's willing to get tested year-round. Does it? Like, yeah, like, at this point, was it ever in doubt? Like, why announce it? Everyone knew you were going to fight in September. Why you took the suspension? That's why, you know, it's dated retroactively. That's why you're like, whatever, I'm not going to fight it. You're going to go and just get that bag in September. No harm, no foul. Yeah, just the whole I'm getting drug tested year round. It's like, what do you want a golf clap? I mean, it, you know, they're trying to say, oh, we need to put pressure on genetic love going to get tested as well. Dog, you're the one who failed the drug test, not Triple G. Yeah, the onus isn't on him; it's on you. So yeah, so, uh, what do you, cheers for you? You you're uh, you're getting drug tested. Big fucking deal. Um, <laughs> but I, I hope this fight does happen in September. I hope there's no negotiating nonsense. Um, and I'm looking forward to because the first fight was just a really great fight. So they need to do it again. There should be negotiating nonsense because no way Triple G should step in for less than 50-50 at this point. I, like you messed, I up agree. The, you messed up the bank already. Now I am your biggest fight you, you're, and you're a cheater at this point. You can say what you want. You are a cheater. You got to pay me. Make it worth my while to come back in here. Yeah, it's just that Canelo draws. The, 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 they're going to hang that over his head. I don't know how far it'll get, but... They just got to get the fight done, but give Gennady what he deserves. Um, you like Canelo? Yes, you're the draw, but you fucked up the bag. You fucked up the bag. Yep. So make it right. Let's see if we get that. Um, let's switch gears. MMA, UFC 224 just passed over uh, the weekend. I was running around, but catching some of it. Uh, man, I, it looks like I, I wish I would have watched the card front to back. Only two decisions on the entire card. Yeah, I didn't even watch the whole thing. I was I was vacationing, um, so I watched it at three in the morning, and then at three in the morning I just didn't feel like watching the whole thing, so I kind of zipped through it. Um, but the the main thing that stuck out to me immediately was like, Jesus Christ, Vitor Belfort is dead. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I thought he literally. I thought he died. We only so many times you get kicked in the face, right? Like when you see it coming, like it's not like it's looping; it's straight down the pipe. Yeah, it's just Lyoto Machida knows how to mask that kick very well and have you look in one way and he rolls you to sleep and he just front kicks you in the face and he puts his hands on your hips and he's like, hmm, good, good, good job. And, I mean, that was that was huge to me. Um, Gaslam beating Jacare, also pretty interesting. Uh, I picked Jacare to win that fight, but I, wouldn't be, I wasn't surprised pretty at Gaslam. Pretty sure I picked Ga- Gaslam, yeah. I, I'm tired of picking against Gaslam. I picked, out, I picked him out of spite. <laughs> But uh, it makes the middleweight division more interesting. Um, the the Lineker knockout that was highlight real worthy. Mackenzie Dern's fat ass um, just went out there and and Listen, punched the I'm, shit I'm out. Listen, I'm here for the jiggles, man. 
Whoa. Yeah, it's just that girl got bounced man. though. She got she it's, got bounced. Just fight at one twenty five because she's not even trying. Like there's no definition. She clearly has fat that she can cut in certain areas. She's not cyborg where you're right. asking her to cut like straight muscle weight. Like she has fat that she can cut. If she just gets on the treadmill for like four days, half that shit will burn off. She'd make weight easily. She just doesn't have the want to, which is cool. Just, you know what? Use your natural talent. See how far that shit's going to get you without true dedication and fight at 125. It's not a murderer's row at 125. It's two women who have UFC experience and a bunch of tough fighters. You can cut your teeth there. You, you, she'd be fine. You know, Mackenzie Dern reminds me a lot right now, without the out-of-the-ring antics of Adrian Broner. <laughs> Yo, she, yes, but maybe there are the antics. Like, come on. She got the fake accent. Like, the accent changes all the time. I, the, I'm people saying, say I, she, there's stories of her being a party girl. Like, it might be, but to be honest, she's just not a black guy trying to rap. Like, she's yeah, magnified well, when you're a black guy acting a fool and not a Brazilian girl who's hailed as a hero. Yeah, I mean, Broner, what I, what I mean by the antics, like, Broner, he does shit to draw heat. Mackenzie's not necessarily doing things to draw heat. She's just doing things. She's just doing whatever she wants. Her missing weight by seven pounds is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Amanda Cooper shouldn't have taken that fight. She should have looked to get paid, but I know that wasn't going to happen because that's not how the UFC functions. They know Dern's the bigger star, so get your ass in there and fight and get hurt. Um, but, I mean, Dern, just people looking at her like the next Ronda Rousey, until she shapes up and proves that she can make weight, I mean, this girl is missing weight left and right. Listen, There's Ron- a problem here. Yeah, Ronda, you know, was flawed in some skill sets, but she was always determined. She was the <laughs> utmost professional. Yeah, she was. She tried. Her coach just couldn't teach her how to throw a real ass punch, which to this day she still can't throw punches. I saw those WWE, the WWE film. It was horrible. Uh, I think her punches, her punches are better than Shane. <laughs> Anyway, okay. yeah, I would say that, that's a horrible comparison. But for someone who came from a legit fighting sport, you should be able to throw punches more than her. She still does that weird, like, shoulder up, tuck your chin shit. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, with McKenzie, it's just kind of strange to me because the way that the UFC functions, Yair Rodriguez got cut, which is crazy to me because he didn't want a certain fight. But Nate Diaz has been saying no to fights for almost two years. Right. Yeah. And, he, and here he is. They're still trying to get him to fight. Yair says no. And he's out. Mackenzie Dern misses weight, misses weight, misses weight, misses weight. Like before she got in the UFC, she was missing weight. You remember they forced Rumble Johnson out pretty much because he wouldn't make couldn't make weight. Pretty much. What, forced what him into do? retirement. Like John Lineker was forced to move up a division because he couldn't make weight. Calvin much, Gastelum, who we just mentioned. Right. Johnny Hendricks. I mean, there are a lot of people who miss weight, and then Dana talks about them like dogs. And then he threatens to cut them or move them up like Rumble did. Like, Rumble kept missing weight. Get out of here. Figure it out. Come back. Um, but how much rope are you going to give Mackenzie Dern? At a certain point, because, again, it's not like she just missed weight once or twice. She just misses weight. She just doesn't care. As much rope as it takes as long as she's winning. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's the problem. Because she yeah. is marketable. To, to a degree like I wouldn't say she, she wouldn't be as marketable if Ronda Rousey wasn't the face of women's MMA because their styles are so similar the way they finish women are so similar that she's just going to ride that coattail but she doesn't speak like Rousey she's not as clean cut as Rousey she's the persona's not there she doesn't have that bad girl attitude death stare it, it's just missing 
still. Um, people thought she was the girl next door when she was in Arizona. Then she went to you know Brazil, started speaking more Portuguese. The accent came in, and then now she's more Amanda Nunez than anything. Yeah. So, so they're, they're going to run into that. that problem, but we'll, we'll see. If she, there's no reason she shouldn't fight at 125. When they opened 125 on this podcast, I said, "Oh, it's the Mackenzie Dern division." Yeah. Because she had missed weight twice already. She debuted at what strawway, and I was like, "What is going on here?" Like, did I miss a memo? Why is she fighting down there again? It makes no sense. Yeah. It's crazy. They have options now. Like, if you're a female fighter, you have options. You can damn near get as heavy as you want now. Because you have 10 pounds for 40 pounds. Like, she can blow up, be as, you know, muscle-bound, start weightlifting and fight 135s if she wanted to. Like, it, it's, it's so fluid. She has so many options. There's no reason to miss weight. For them, it's gone. It's no reason. Um, so it's ridiculous, but we'll see. They'll continue to push her. They'll give her some time off, say it was a quick turnaround, because that's a built-in excuse, right? She took this fight on, what, six weeks? Notice from her last one, they'll say it's a quick turnaround and let her ass yeah. fight at 115 again. Um, what? Kelvin Gaslam, we talked about that. Number one contender fight, pretty much. Amanda Nunez versus Rocky Pennington. Yeah, man. I mean, it wasn't close. I, like it, it, Rocky's resume looked funny in the light to me, and it and it came to fruition. I thought she'd get at least a decision out of it, but she she got battered. She did, man. And, and you know, I thought she had a lot of heart. I didn't like she was such a huge underdog, but I guess they knew what they were doing. Um, I'm st- I'm still not totally convinced that Amanda Nunez is the killer that they're making her out to be. I still think she's really good. And she's looked exceptional. I think Shevchenko still gives her problems, whatever. Um, it, but uh, Pennington was out of that fight the minute she took that first leg kick. Whatever happened with that leg kick on the injured leg from the motorcycle accident? Was it motorcycle accident? Whatever it was. Yes, motorcycle it was, it was clear that Pennington was like out of the fight. Like She didn't want to get hit in that leg anymore. And you know, the whole decision of pushing her back out there in the fifth round, I get it. At first, you know, as a coach, um, you have to separate, you know, the difference between your fighter and somebody that is part of your, like, your family. If Rocky Pennington, I get it, she wouldn't have forgiven herself if she quit. Even though she said, I'm done, they know her. And they're like, well, go out there and give it all you got. And then she got smashed. But it's just at sometimes you got to know when your fighter is done. Like, she wasn't and knocking out Amanda Nunez. She could barely stand on her legs to throw a hard punch. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they should have thrown in the towel, but I understand that they they don't, I mean, because Pennington would have had it hanging over her head for the rest of her life. She just seems like that type of a competitor. But you but can't, man. once again, you got to save her from herself. Like, it's a difference. You, you have to see it before it gets to the point where she says, I need to quit. Before she even says she's done. She's walking to the stool at the end of the fourth. You look at her, she's got blood running down the back of her throat she looks out of it before she even has to sit down get up lean to you and say i have no more you should see it and be like it's over she shouldn't get yeah. up off the stool that's no, your agree. job like she, she leaned against the cage and had to tell them that means you brought your ass inside the octagon put the stool down gave her water gave her water gave her a new game plan picked the stool up ran your ass out and around to the edge of the cage and then she leaned and had to tell you no, it's way too, like, that was, I understand, regret, blah, blah, blah. What you regret 
over time, when, you, when your senses and your wits are back about you, is the ability to fight again. It's, the, it's what Mayweather preaches all the time. Is you don't take more punches than needed. And you, you dust it off, you try to go back to the rest of women in the division. There's so many examples of people just not being the same again. Ever. And yeah. you can't let your fighter just get her face beat in. Again, like, I agree. Like, from the outside looking in, it was easy. Like, after the fourth round, I was like, oh, she, they shouldn't let her even come out. Like, I didn't even hear her say I'm done. And I was like, mm, she probably shouldn't fight anymore. I, but I understand the other side of it where you don't know the relationship with Rocky. And, you know, Rocky could be one of those people. There, there are people who we've seen in the gym be like, man, I'm done. I'm finished. And it takes a coach to motivate them. Like, get your ass back out there. The bigger issue was that they gave her no instructions on what to do to get back in the fight. It was more of a motivational speech to get out there and get beat up. That that was kind of my issue more than anything else. It was like, all right, Rocky, you're going to fight. But but this is your corner. It's like, well, how the fuck do you beat this girl? You had Nobody had an answer. It was just like, here, throw out their pride and then get her fucked up. And that's exactly what happened. But, you know, she I guess her team would have never heard the end of it. Tisha Torres would have never heard the end of it if Rocky quit. She probably would have blamed the coaches. I get it. I get it. I don't agree with it. I would have stopped the fight, but I get it. Um, but, you know, Amanda Nunez, she's kind of short on challenges now. I'm still interested in seeing two fights. I'm still interested in seeing a Holly Holm fight. And I'm kind of curious about the Jermaine Durandamy fight right now. Ooh, I don't know. I think Durandamy, she's tough. I don't think she has the skill set to really beat Amanda. But maybe she'll go five and, you know, make it more competitive because she's a bigger chick. Um, Holly, I think, gives her problems. I just want to see these fights. That's, that's no all problem. I'm looking at. It. Cyborg runs through her, by the way. I, I think so as well. But, uh, you know, there's not really much time to waste with uh, Nunez. There's not a lot of competition there. Obviously, Bullet's moving down. So we're not going to see that fight again anytime soon. So, it's you know, it's a matter of uh, get these people out there. I know there's a Zingano fight still hanging around. Maybe Kat gets her shit together and competes for the title again. But uh, it's Nunez is the, king, the queen of the division right now. Um, it's warranted. She, she's, you know, just kind of beating up everybody that they're putting in front of her. Um, but I'll be interested to see if they go directly into a cyborg match or I, honestly, to be honest with you, I don't think that they should put Nunez and cyborg together in the octagon. I, I just, it sounds good on paper, but it's going to get your champion ruined. And it's really to the benefit of nobody. So it's I'm, not like <sighs> cyborg's going to win 135. What are you going to do? You yeah. just get mauled. Yeah, she's just going to set her up to get mauled. Um, but you try to go for the big payday and give Cyborg that another legit competitor. Uh, but that's my, that's my problem. There lies my problem. Is there really a big payday in that fight? Cyborg, yes. Yeah, Cyborg sells there. now. Yeah, like, but, I mean, she sells like, against anyone, I guess. But you at least have some, some type of a B-side, right? You have something to sell. It's just, it's just, you know, Cyborg is reaching Mike Tyson territory where she fights anybody that's going to sell. Nunez fight will give a boost on top of that. Um, it's just it, Amanda Nunez is just she just hasn't proven to be marketable. Part of it's to her own detriment, and part of it's because the UFC kind of wasted their time pushing Ronda Rousey's return instead of setting up Nunez as the next big thing in that division. Um, but it just doesn't feel like Amanda's reached that peak where she's must watch television. Cyborg has, so that's that's my that's my only drawback in terms of business. I feel like the UFC does a bad job sometimes putting people in there too soon. And ruining things instead of letting them bubble a little bit. There needs to be like a 
a middle, a gray area between how boxing handles their fighters with like 30 professional fights where they get a world title and UFC where they get a guy and they're like, hey, yeah, you're ready to fight Frankie Edgar next. Like, dog, I'm not even fucking ready for that fight. I need a couple more fights. There needs to be a middle ground. There's not one. Um, and no, because it's all in the mind of Dana White. Yeah, so Amanda's in a spot where it's like, I'd like to see her defend that title a few more times. I get it. There's just not a whole lot you could do with Cyborg, but put her in there with Amanda. But, uh, you know, from Amanda's perspective, I'd be like, yo, I want to fight Holly Holm. Like, I want to fight Durand me. I want to fight, you know, whatever, whenever Juliana Pena comes back. I want to fight Katsugano. Like, yeah, you want to fight Cyborg, but I'm not, I guess you have to do it because in the public eye, that's how you're supposed to be. But I wouldn't be begging for a Cyborg fight. No, I'd by no like, means. No. Like, unless, uh, unless Amanda, Amanda's getting paid a lot more than they're paying her now, she right. should be in no rush for that. But uh, yeah. it really opened my eyes. This division is the same division Ronda Rousey ran through. It is. Like, ran through. The, yeah, like, the people are like, oh, the division caught up to Ronda. Eh, maybe two chicks caught up to Ronda. And she yeah, so happened. Me. Yeah, so, and she could have got Holly the hell out of there. But she kind of slid off her back and couldn't sink in the, the arm bar in that first round. And then got Molly walked in the second. But she, Holly was down to like a knee. And she was almost she was almost curtains, so um, that fight still could have went either way. She got you know ransacked by Amanda after that, but who knows what the confidence did? The division didn't catch up that much. Ronda comes in, she probably beats 85 percent of the division still. I mean, it's just like the secrets out. It's, it's King Hippo from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Once you figure out where to hit him in that stomach, you know, with, with Ronda, it's like oh, she can't strike. So it's like if you get a good striker in there. That's what I'm saying. The kind I would of, get Ronda Rousey photoshopped as King Hippo this week, and I would just start crying. <laughs> but uh, like, with, and that's what I talk about with matchmaking. Ronda, after I, I get it at the time, because even I thought that Ronda would be back and find a way to beat Amanda Nunez, and I said that, and she got beat up. But uh, they matchmaking-wise, it should have been Ronda Rousey against a non-striker. Well, it should have been her versus of, Misha. She shouldn't waited a year to cry and go into hiding. She, as soon as Misha beat Holly Holm, she should have bought her ass back and beat Misha. Because Misha was out yeah, the door she, at that point. Misha was like, yo, I got my title. I want to retire too. Right. And, and that's kind of where they messed up. They put, they put Ronda in there and they promoted the hell out of her comeback against Nunez. And Amanda just beat the brakes off of her. You can't. It's just style-wise it was a bad fight. And, and you know, hindsight is 2020, but that's what it was. Ronda should have been handled a little bit better on a return fight. But I get it. They, they don't, the UFC doesn't like to waste time. They don't feel like bullshitting people. It's like, hey. You think you're good enough to get the title? Go for it. And then you get fucked up and be like, oh, too bad. And then they just move on to the next one. They, they, don't, they don't really build fighters. The UFC is not really good at building a fighter. Um, unless you're John Jones, but then you're kind of building yourself. Because you're beating everybody they put in front of you. But they, they will put you in there with tough competition. All the time. Um, all right, let's talk about a little bit of WWE before we get out of here. Uh, actually, before we touch on that, New Japan. Battle of Super Juniors starting. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I haven't watched the thing yet. I'm I'm catching up. So we, but we'll have I know to it started up. yesterday. And yeah. just a quick early pick. Who's your winner? Man. I'm going with the villain. See, the villain feels very easy to pick, but it also feels like Marty Skrull is ready to move up. Um, but yeah, he's so over right now. <laughs> so so it's, I understand. And that's what kind of bothers me, that they're so focused on him. But why not? Yeah, man, it's it's a tough. It's always a tough field of the in the super juniors. Um, but I feel like Kushida's already had his time. Um, Osprey's like, done it, and he has yeah. the belt. 
So, like, you don't need to win Battle Super Juniors when you got the belt. Yeah, but, I mean, you can. I don't know, man. You don't have to. It's, it's, goodness. This is going to be good, man. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and ACH? ACH is in there, right? Ooh, good question. I think he is. Yeah, yeah. ACH is in there. That's going to be some good matchups for him. Yeah, he but he's just a guy, you know, like Michael Elgin was in G one. He's there to put on some good matches. He's not. There oh yeah, anymore. no, he's not winning. But uh, yeah. he's in it. Flip Gordon, I think, is in it. They got some nice little tap. I mean, it's gonna make for good matches. But no, only like three people can win it. But I think it's the year the villain wins it. And yeah, he has to get pushed to the moon. Yeah, it feels like I mean he's primed for that. I mean, there's Tiger Mask, there's Yo, the Show, Taguchi, Skuro Kashida, Takahashi. Oh, yo and Dra- show are in there? Oh. Yeah. Chris Sabin's in there. Dragon Lee's in there. Um, Kanemaru's in there. It's it's a, it's a tough field. But, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Skrull. I'm going to go with Skrull. It's either, to me, it's Skrull or maybe we find the redemption of Takahashi, but I feel like they've kind of given up on him in a way. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I don't need to see. Obushi's in there? All right. No, I don't I don't mind the the field, but, yeah, I'm going with the villain. Uh, Marty Skrull to win it this year. WWE-wise, once again, we have six weeks of a build to this pay-per-view. So we don't, we're not going to recap like everything that happens every week. We'll go like more broader topics um, and have fun with it for a while before we got to get into the nitty-gritty of predictions and recapping feuds. Uh, one thing I did like this week, Nakamura versus Styles, they clearly had their best match on a plain-ass episode of SmackDown. Yeah, it's just it, this band, this feud is like a, really a letdown. But now it's like okay, so they had a, they had a, a really good match on SmackDown, which is the best out of theirs. But in re- when you look at the feuds that AJ Styles has had and the matches that he's had, this See, is like his worst string of matches. Not in terms I, of, I would say like, it's not. I, I would say the WWE ruined it due to timing. I like this feud. I don't mind the nut punch storyline that they're telling with no, heel knock. I like heel knock. I, I don't mind the nut punch storyline. What I hate is that you started it at WrestleMania. You go to stupid, uh, whatever that greatest Royal Rumble, then Backlash. If this would have started at Survivor Series, or even at Rumble, when you knew knock was going to win, but if you start this at Survivor Series and you have the knock heel turn at Survivor Series, then you get whatever that stupid next pay per view was. To have the disqualification again that you had at Greatest Royal Rumble. Then Knock wins the regular Royal Rumble as a heel to build heat with Styles. Then at Fastlane, you put those two in together and you get the just the double DQ or the double nut kick ending with no winner. And then you give me last Tuesday's match at WrestleMania with Knock winning after the fake nut kick. We all go crazy. It still isn't... It like, would have been like, so much better if they did it that way. If we would have saw that match from Tuesday at WrestleMania with knock, heel knock with the fake, oh my God, he kicked me in the nuts. You'd be like, what? With the clean Kinshasa win? Would have been perfect. Like, I agree with you. The time has been treacherous. Like, the time of this fuse has been treacherous. But it's just the match. To me, the matches haven't delivered. And even the match on SmackDown was good. But the bar's been kind of low because the, the, the double nut punch, that match wasn't good. WrestleMania, like, they completely dropped the ball on that. Um, that, and was, that was the worst. Yeah, it's just, it's just they haven't 
Like, this is this is a really good feud. Like, again, this was a match when they both signed, coming off of that Wrestle Kingdom match, that we were like, man, that's a dream match. They could headline WrestleMania. And I, and I, I think, I'm pretty sure I said it'll never happen. But, or, or that it wouldn't happen that they headlined. They didn't headline, but they still had a title match at WrestleMania. And they just, it, was, it didn't come close to the match they had in Wrestle Kingdom. I'm starting to wonder, though, how much of this is Nakamura versus AJ Styles? Because as we know, AJ Styles can wrestle a toaster and get that shit a five-star match. So, something about him and Nakamura hasn't necessarily been clicking. I, I can blame the booking agent for how they're booking these finishes. Yeah. It's just not – it hasn't reached those peaks that we've expected. Like this – like the AJ Styles-John Cena feud was on fire from day one. But the each one of those are clean finishes, though. Right. They, they weren't was, building a character. They're building Nakamura's character from scratch, pretty much. Well, I mean, they, but they were building AJ was a heel. Like, AJ wasn't a heel until he feuded with Cena, and he turned on Cena. And that's how they built that match. And all the matches were excellent. The Nakamura matches have been lacking. I know the story that they're trying to tell, but it's just not hitting home. Because the, the match, the WrestleMania match, is just going to leave a bad taste in my mouth forever. And, the, you know, the Greatest Royal Rumble match, it was like, all right, whatever. This backlash, the double nut punch, it feels like comedy. It's like these two are ba- – the problem is is that we know what these two can do because we saw it at Wrestle Kingdom. That's the problem. And, and now – It's we, like Jay-Z. You want my old shit? Go buy my old album, right? Like we, we have that in our minds. Like, yo, I love Reasonable Doubt, Jay-Z. But this isn't that. It's we're just, we're getting know. Blueprint 3 Jay-Z in these matches. That's what it is. Like it's, it's, it's WWE style. We can't – it will never be what it was at Wrestle Kingdom. And we yeah. all expected it to be. Yeah, and, and, and but I mean, damn, Holy man. Shit. I don't know. I don't know. It's But it, it was the only thing good to, co- good to come out of this week. I mean, clearly they think by putting Roman Reigns with Jinder Mahal is going to make it change something. It's not. No. Um, it's going to make Jinder a face. Yeah. Cien debuting. I'm curious what, how they handle him. Uh, and I mean, aside from that, before we just talk about some Evergreen stuff, uh, you know, this whole thing about SmackDown moving to another network and possibly going to three hours is the worst fucking idea ever. <laughs> Give you not more play. wrestling to watch, Dre. More yeah, wrestling. I, I, dog, I've had enough. Like, I can't watch 205 Live because it's just too much wrestling. You add another hour to SmackDown. That's the reason I like SmackDown because it's just two hours. Yeah, and I try to watch 205 Live. Just sometimes it's hard to fit in. But their matches have been so good. Like, the UK uh, invasion angle last week was pretty good. The UK kids going against the 205 Live guys. It was good. I just couldn't get it all the way through. Like it's 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 a lot of wrestling, and now I have to watch NXT. So it, it's it's a lot. Um, before we get you know out of here and wrap the show up, because you know it is my birthday, so I'm trying to celebrate, trying to get drunk, uh, getting drunk in my 30s, man. It means hangovers. I noticed this the other day. I went to Dre's. I went to Dre's on a Tuesday to see Trey Songs perform. Uh, shout out to all my connects at Dre's. Hooked me up, me and my fiance up, just the two of us with a bottle, a cabana. Uh, like, they're like unlimited. Get whatever you want. You can get three bottles if you want. Get whatever food you want. I was like, what? So I got one bottle and damn near drank the whole thing and thought I was going to die for like two days straight. So, and while we're on that, shout out to Ubers for getting me home safe because I don't even know how I called that shit. Um, so I say that to say this. Let's get to our last thing so I can go and drink. Our last topic is Seth Rollins. It's another example of what we saw this week. He's killing it right now. He's having his best run since he was champion. Before the knee injuries. He's healthy again. His IC title run is, in my opinion, as good as... It's building to be as good as Cena's 
U.S. title challenge run. Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, damn, week in and week out, he's going to bring it. This is the highlight of the show. I'm watching on Hulu and Fast Forward and that shit. Um, but we got to pump the brakes because that guy, Greg, we talked about a little earlier, said Seth Rollins, if he keeps this up, once again, I don't know how long he wants him to keep doing the same shtick, but if he keeps wrestling at this level, he'll be top three all time. And he mentioned Bret Hart is his number one. So somehow, I don't know who the hell is number two, but a lot of people are getting left off that list. It better be Sean at number two. <sighs> yeah, man. This is a case of, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm a big Seth Rollins fan. I think he showed me a lot. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm one of the few, but I really enjoyed his heel title run. I thought it was fun. Um, he was a chicken shit heel, but he, he would pull out good matches. Um, you know, he lost to Finn Balor, uh, whatever. Uh, he came back. Uh, you know, he had a great matches with The Shield. Um, and he has the potential to be something very special. Uh, he's, he's been able to prove it. But then there's, there's a shit called hyperbole, right? Where <laughs> <laughs> motherfuckers just go too far with something. And Seth Rollins has the potential to be top three, which would suggest that he's better than... Th- these are the names that you can include in here. Hart, Savage, Flair, uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, HBK, Undertaker. Benoit. Um, Benoit, even though you're not allowed to say it. Guerrero. Bro, um, <laughs> these are just people in my top five, too. Benoit and Guerrero are like five and six, maybe four and five in mine. So, um, and, these are the, and these are just those names. And you're, you mean to tell me that he's surpassing a bunch of them to get, you know, there's Brett and Seth? Like, Styles. Rollins is not better than Styles yet. He's not. Like, he's not wrestling right now at the level that Kenny Omega is. Right, and, and I know. Look, look, guys. There's a lot of people. There's a guy on my timeline was like, I think Rollins is better than Omega and Styles, and I'm like, Go. I was, I should have blocked him. But <laughs> the thing about Kenny Omega is, yeah, Kenny Omega is actually, to be honest with you, his 2018 has not come close to his 2017. But his 2017 was arguably... That Jericho match was fucking great. No, it was. But what I'm saying is the bar was so high from 2017 Mm -hmm. that that's probably arguably the best year that any wrestler has ever had. Oh, hold on. Time out. Time out. By the way, I forgot my other hot take. I just remembered it. Cody Rhodes is still not a good in-ring wrestler. Continue. And that is why Kenny Omega's 2018 is not his 2017. But I digress. Continue. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> and I but, throw up my too sweet right now. Because they can't bar me from it. Too, too sweet in right now. Too sweet myself. I yeah, don't care. Okay. Leader like, of the Bullet I, Club is not a good in-ring wrestler. I think, he's, I think he's solid. I don't think he's great. I think he's solid. Anyway, he's not, he's not bad. There's worse. He's not trash uh, anyway. is what you're saying. Yeah, he's far from trash. Uh, I've always thought Cody Rose was a good wrestler. thought he's... Uh, he's mm. He's great, good. great character, and now excellent businessman. Uh, but anyway, Kenny Omega arguably had the best 2017 that has ever been seen in pro wrestling. There are other guys. I mean, there was the Brian Danielson runs in ROH. There was a CM Punk Samoa Joe fuse in ROH. Um, there's a lot of guys. You could talk about Kurt Angle's runs. Um, but that's that's the thing about Kenny. Like in order, like Seth Rollins hasn't had the Kenny Omega run. Maybe nobody ever will. Um, but it's just like, come on, man. Like, when Grant Hill got in the league, people were like, yo, he's the next Michael Jordan. I'm like, yo, you're doing Grant Hill no favors by saying this. 
Penny Hardaway, he's going to be the next Magic Johnson because he's tall and runs point. You're doing him no favors. Right now, if you say Ben Simmons has the potential to be a top three player if he develops a jumper, if he can stay healthy, if he wins. There's so many ifs. Let the motherfucker get into the top 30, 50. Like, he just got here. I get it. Seth Rollins as Tyler Black in ROH was pretty good, but nobody thought he was going to be this. Like, he's, he's excelled in the WWE. But it's like, come on, guys. Relax. It's top three all-time already. Like, and then, and, and i got to get everybody's take on this because there's people that have Greg's back. Greg, because I said, Rollins really is not in that conversation um, because Styles, he's had great matches in New Japan, mm-hmm. in TNA, in Ring of Honor, in WWE. And he has, to me, the greatest triple threat match of all time with Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels in TNA. Which they said that Rollins, Cena, Brock Lesnar was better. Which is fucking <laughs> I'm and pretty sure they never watched a TNA triple threat, to be fair, though. I'm pretty sure and, they've never seen it. But the thing is, it, I don't want people to get this misconstrued. I thought Rollins, Lesnar, and Cena was a great match. I've never said it wasn't. Yeah, you thought it was but when you, I thought. I remember but that. when you put it on the level of like again, it's like saying Floyd is better than Muhammad Ali. It's like you got you're not doing him any favors by comparing him to a match of that magnitude. He's not there yet. Can Seth Rollins stay healthy? Will he be booked right? Will he get another title run? There's so many questions, guys. But is but does he have the potential? Yeah, but dog, is he better than Daniel Bryan? No, and, and, he's not better than Daniel Bryan. The character's not better. Um the in-ring's still not better. It's Daniel Bryan, once again, it's just can he stay healthy. But, right, but, if, but even if he ended where he ended, he's in a top 10 conversation. And, and the, we also have to have a qualifier because is, is the question, is he the greatest wrestler of all time regardless of where he's wrestled? Because people got to remember, Bryan Danielson and ROH topped the PWI 500, I believe, on a few occasions. His ROH I think it was like were, five straight times or something stupid. His Ring of Honor runs were unreal. That, that, that you should put him in the conversation for one of the greatest of all time. But if you want to remove that and just talk about his WWE run, fine. But it still is better than what Rollins has done. And that's not saying Rollins hasn't done great things. You know, they said, oh, he had the greatest lumberjack match. That's like a motherfucker saying he had the greatest mixed tag match. The bar is on the <laughs> fucking floor. It's not that hard. But, Rollins, but man, again, can Rollins do it? I don't know, but let's get him in the top 20 conversations because he's not there yet. Yeah, let him he's breathe. not there. Let him breathe. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Give him a, get, like you're hurting him because it makes it seem like I'm hating on Rollins, but I think Rollins is one of my favorite performers, and I've said it a lot. But damn, top three? Yeah. You putting the past Savage, dog? Like, come <laughs> on, man. Don't do that. Since the Tyler Don't Black go. days, you've been championing, but it's like, yeah, they, yeah. they, they made, you have to pump the brakes on that one. Because, like, I mean, even right now, Seth Rollins, like, he's been here for a few years, but Kurt Angle's first few years were, like, oh. unbelievable. Well, I mean, he's the natural, though. Like, yeah, he hit the ground running. He you had know, one of the first, what, one of the best first five years in wrestling yeah. history. The Eurocontinental champion. And then, and then, it's again, it's another qualifier. Are we talking about the total package? Because Rollins is still an eh, promo. He's yeah. a so-so promo. Like, Kurt Angle learned how to cut a promo. Like, he was... He was unbelievable yeah. with his mic work. Nobody saw that shit coming. He was funny. Um, he could be serious and intense when he was a heel. Rollins has still got some work to do on his character. So there's a lot, lot of fucking qualifiers here before we start talking about top three all time. He's not better than HBK. 
No, he's not. No, no. Sean better be two on that list then. Um, right. If that's what have, it comes down to. He has to have multiple WrestleMania moments. Yeah. Multiple. And I think he's Styles is creeping up on that top ten. More so than Rollins. Like, yeah, he, I, you I, just... I think, I think we could argue that Styles is somewhere positioned in the top ten from what he's done throughout if, the course of his career. If we get a Styles versus Daniel Bryan feud, it'll probably cement them both in top 15, top 10. Yeah, when they're both are healthy and they're booked accordingly. Yeah, yeah, if you just let them go, yeah, that'd be fucking incredible. Because it'd be some of their best work. Um, especially this late in their career, so it's crazy to think of. Um, no, nah, yeah, man. Hopefully, we get some responses to this. Uh, can't wait to talk again next week. We need to hit up um, Greg, see if he comes on the podcast. That's, that's the next joint. Tell him, tell him we got him. Tell him come on the podcast. We need all the hot takes. Uh, and, and, and the thing about Greg, he's an attorney also. Like his real job, he's an attorney. So like if anybody's ever listened to the Cheap Heat episode um, where him and Brian Campbell are arguing about HBK and Bret Hart being the greatest of all time, it's one of the, it's one of the great moments in Cheap Heat history. It's, re- it's a really good episode because he, he, he's great because he's an attorney. He knows how to argue. But, Greg, you can't win this one with me, dog. <laughs> I Man, can't wait. Listen, I'm going to just get my red shoes on. I'm going to be like, this Andreas, <laughs> this is Greg. Fight. <laughs> no, man, I can't wait. We got we to gotta bring them on. Um, you guys, I'm going to go get drunk. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you follow us on all social media, at The Corner LSN. Me, at Cal Dansby, him, at Andreas Hale. I am 30 years old today. Thank all you guys for the birthday wishes on Instagram, Twitter. Everyone hit me up. Corner Club representing uh, to Sweden to all of you guys. Stick with us. Hopefully, we see you guys out here for UFC Fight Week. Remember, that's in July. It's kind of the good time to start buying your stuff. Come out. We got Cormier versus Stipe. So it's going to be a fun weekend. We always hit up uh, Shake Shack. It's it's a week full of events. So that's going to be great, too. But for right now, I'm out. Peace.